0: Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. We're blessed to have the Yang Bauer family with us today. Good morning to you guys. Hi Pastor Tim. Hello CPC family. Of course, I want to talk to you about the amazing mass distribution uh, that your family was a part of. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your family and faith. I was raised in a Christian home in the Santa Cruz area and we were always very much involved with church and most of my family are still involved with ministry today. I was converted to Christianity when I was a freshman in college in China missionaries came from Bethany College uh, from Scotts Valley. And later on, there was a crackdown in China on Christian entity and I was exiled and came to the United States and became a student here. And how did the mass distribution project come to be? Um, There are about 50 Chinese students at Stevenson with hundreds of other graduates as well. Um, These children have had so many experiences um, with the sudden change from going leaving school early and having to go on like almost 50 to 60 hours of plane flights, testing, and even when they got home, they had to be quarantined for two weeks. But when the US COVID-19 cases um, escalated, their parents all came back to Stevenson and asked what they could do to help. So I suggested in the WeChat group, there's about 130 families on this group, that we could help our county with masks because we have nowhere to buy them. Within 20 hours, we were able to get the first 20,000 masks donated uh, or the fund towards it. And then within 48 hours, an additional 60,000 masks were donated. Jesus said that we, the people, are the light of the world and even among this pandemic, uh, such darkness, um, we always find opportunities to be the light. And it's just been so um, relieving to see people's um, faces, uh, knowing that they got the masks that they might need to traverse this pandemic. God's faithfulness will not be thwarted by a pandemic Amidst the most difficult of circumstances, God continues to use regular people like the Bauer family to give people a glimpse of hope that God really does see them and that God really does care for them. You know, it's been a whirlwind of a week with pronouncements regarding the reopening of the economy and of churches. And our church reopening team is meeting and we're making plans on when we can get back together together in person, safely, and smartly. But I'm lamenting the divisions among Christians in our nation about this whole church reopening issue. I'm also lamenting things like the African American man, George Floyd, who was killed while being detained by the Minneapolis police. My African American pastor friends are asking us in the church to not be silent. I'm lamenting the fact that so many are out of work, that businesses are struggling, people are lonely, families and teachers are worried about what school will look like in the fall. And yet Psalm 139, it says that God is among us in the struggle and that we as God's people can find a way forward. That's what Psalm 139 says, that we are not without hope, that he is with you today And no matter where you are, he sees you. And you can praise him even while the enemies of life seem to be at your door today. He's there. And you can praise him. You see, praising and petitioning is what the psalmist teaches us to do. This psalm is David's invitation to stand in awe and wonder of a God who constantly has us on his mind this God whom we can call out to in our time of need. So for those grieving divisions in our world, we can pray, Lord, we need your peace. And for those whose hearts ache over ongoing incidents of violence and injustice, we can pray, Lord, we need your justice. For those struggling with feeling far from God, Lord, we need your presence. See, God knew you needed to hear this word this morning. So let's take a look at this psalm and see what the Lord wants to say to us today. If you look at verses 1 and 2, we're going to see that first that God actually delights in you. Verse 1 says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. See, the Entire first three sections of this psalm emphasize God's intimate knowledge of us. You know, Katie went on a walk the other night, and I wanted to make sure that she was safe, and so I just got my phone out, and I clicked on my app, and I could find where Katie was within a few meters. Now, if I wasn't married to her, that would be really creepy, right? David realizes how intimately God knows him, and it fills him with awe and wonder. Verse 7 says, where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? See, God doesn't need to spy on you, but you need to know that God has his loving eye on you. It's not like God gazed at you when you were little and now he doesn't care once you've gotten older. No, no, no. He still looks at you and me with that same loving gaze as if we were his little child. Because we still are his children. He never gets tired of you. Verse 13 Says this, for you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Ask any new mother how precious their little one is to them. We marvel at their toes and and their fingers. And we marvel at their poop. (laughs) We do. We marvel at everything about them. New parents marvel at their children, and it's almost hard to imagine that God sees us like that, but a million times over. He loves us, even with our wounds, even with our scars. His gaze is still fixed on us. God's gaze is so perfect that he never tires of looking at us. Now, I'm turning 50 this summer, and I promise you, I am getting tired of looking at myself in the mirror every day but not with God. Psalm 18 verse 19 boldly proclaims that God delights in you. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2.10, he says the same thing when he calls you God's poema, God's workmanship. See, when God looks at you, he delights in you. This is a God you can feel secure in. Jesus came so that you would know that God sees you you're not alone. That means he not only loves you, but God actually likes you. Let that sink in. God likes you. That's what David is realizing in Psalm 139. And then David asked this awesome God to search him. Verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, this is a plea to have God continually to search his heart. Literally in the Hebrew, verse 24, asks for God to show him the ways of pain. You see, we settle for many paths in our life that lead us into ways of pain. If God searched you, what would he find? See, asking God to search you is actually a very dangerous prayer. There's a book called How We Love by Milan Yurkovich, and it challenges you to look at the ways of pain that you might be stuck in. See, some of you today have been so hurt in the past that you choose to be indifferent to these relationships so that you won't get hurt anymore. You think that at least if you don't care about these people anymore, an ex, a, a family member, a coworker, whoever it may be, that you can't get hurt. But that is actually not true. Indifference itself can be a path that limits your experience of the love of God and the love of others. You choose a path of indifference, it could actually hamper a lot of your relationships, not just the ones you're trying to cut off. Or maybe do you ever find yourself stuck with voices in your head that continue to berate you or paralyze you from moving forward? Perhaps even in this quarantine, certain negative thoughts have overtaken your mind and you're anxious and you're fearful. See, David wants God to have control of his entire life because he knows his inclination towards being stuck in ways of pain because he's human, just like you, and just like me. We have an inclination to be stuck in ways that aren't the best for us. So you have a choice to make today to invite God to search you for a way that you are stuck. Maybe it's bitterness, or hopelessness, or apathy, or divisiveness, or argumentativeness or pessimism, or indifference. These are all ways that you might be stuck in ways of pain. You see, Jesus came to claim you, to reclaim you, and to free you from the ruts you're stuck in. You ever been stuck in a rut? These kind of ruts that immediately could harm you or maybe over time could ultimately destroy you because you were meant to live for God in freedom. You were meant to be in relationship with others, not to be indifferent or to try to separate yourself from these important relationships. You're meant to get out of these ruts and to live freely with God. You see, he came because he delights in you, and he wants to give you a joy that cannot be taken away. So will you dare to pray? Search me for ways that I am stuck. That is a daring prayer to pray. Let me ask you, would you dare to ask someone close to you, someone you trust, Ask them, do you see any ways you think I might be stuck in some ways of pain? Are there anything that you can see where I might be stuck? It's a dangerous question to ask someone close to you as well. You see, David not only prayed to be searched, he also prayed to be stretched. Verse 24, he prays, and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, we're asking God to search us and then to stretch us, to lead us into new ways of living that aren't stuck in ways of pain. See, God doesn't want you stuck thinking that you can't serve him, for example, in some meaningful way. He wants to get you out of that rut. See, if you dare to pray this prayer, God will search you, and then he's going to stretch you. Maybe God is stretching you to be generous to those in need right now. Maybe you want to help our friend Martha Henry, who has a food pantry in Seaside. You can bring your canned goods to the church starting this week. Maybe God's tugging in your heart to help someone in need. Or maybe God is stretching you to say no to some unhealthy habit or some unhealthy relationship because we can get stuck in these relational ruts where we aren't flourishing. Search me, God. Stretch me. We can get stuck in bad habits feeding our mind with anxious thoughts. See, when you pray, search me, O God, he will reveal ways of pain, ruts that you're stuck in. Or maybe God, as you pray that, is stretching you to become a bridge of unity to our African-American brothers and sisters who are particularly hurting right now. I'm building a new friendship with Pastor Ronald Britt at Victory Temple in Seaside. I'm praying for him and he's praying for me. God is stretching me, stretching us to build relationships across these ethnic and racial divides. How is God stretching you? Will you pray that prayer? Search me, stretch me. So when you open yourself up to God, he might use things like your hobbies or even your interests, things that you naturally love to do. He loves doing this. He'll use that as a door to share Christ. I heard about recently a college student named Destiny, and she loves hip-hop dance. And so what she did with this quarantine, she started an online group where they just share their favorite dance moves. And then she invites people to talk about life and talk about the struggles of of quarantine and maybe where they're sad or frustrated. You know what? God is using destiny with this hobby of hers to share the love of Christ. People are hearing the gospel for the first time. People are coming to faith in Christ through her hobby because God loves to use things that you already love. When you pray, God, search me, and stretch me? It might be something you enjoy (laughs) cooking, or dancing, or art, or or talking with someone, or listening, or whatever it may be. God would use your hobbies or interests to be a ministry to someone else. What passion of yours could God use to point others to him? Where is God stretching you to take a step toward faith in him? Or maybe take a step towards a ministry where you can serve. You see, this God who loves you wants to stretch you. And so we pray, search me, O God, stretch me, O God, use me, God, for your glory. You know, there's a challenging set of verses in Psalm 139. I want to remind you when you look at the Psalms, there's at least one third of them could be described as psalms of lament. Some scholars would even say it's two-thirds of the psalms that are psalms of lament. So you can conservatively say 50% of the psalms have some aspect of lament and petitioning God for justice, crying out to God. The psalms teach us as a whole to both praise joyfully and lament fervently. See, that's the psalms, our prayer book. Jesus' own prayer book, or as Martin Luther, the great theologian, called the Psalms, the little Bible. And this little Bible is filled with praise and lament. And it happens right here in Psalm 139. David was penning this beautiful psalm of God's wonderful watching gaze on us. And while having in mind the wickedness and the injustice around him, Verse 19 says, Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, O men of blood, depart from me. See, the pain didn't prevent the praise, but rather the pain informed the praise. See, God isn't asking us to dismiss our pain as if it doesn't exist, but rather to bring it to Him. See, lamenting is not only human, lamenting is biblical. As if God didn't want us to miss the fact that the Bible teaches us to lament, God even had one author write a whole book about lament. It's called Lamentations. Look it up. God is inviting us to pray with honesty. And that includes praising and lamenting. See, worshiping God and petitioning God to make things better, that's all in Psalm 139. You know, on Pentecost Sunday, 2,000 years ago, the birth of the church erupted amidst the most difficult of circumstances. You see, God's people were suffering, and they gathered to pray. And then the Holy Spirit moved with fire across different cultures and backgrounds and across ethnic lines, and it points to a certain future for us as believers in Christ where every nation and every color will worship Christ in unity. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. And so like those first Pentecost Christians, we come before the Lord with our praise and our petition. We bring our lament unashamedly and we bring our praise wholeheartedly because we know we serve a great God who takes the worst of things and makes something good arise out of the ashes. You know, the Union Rescue Mission in Skid Row, where I used to serve as a board member, it sponsored an exhibit several years ago. It was called Sacred Streets. It was a temporary outdoor installation that featured portraits of the homeless as drawn by artist Jason Leith. Now, Jason drew the portraits on reclaimed objects that were meant to tell a story to parallel the people depicted, a story being found again, and a story of people being renewed. Now his vision was to reveal the beauty and dignity in Skid Row through art, using whatever materials he found with his subjects. That could be concrete, or cardboard, or a bottle, or a chair. Now Robert was one of Jason's subjects who willingly sat for his portrait. And the first thing he told Jason was about the horrors of crack cocaine, as he lifted up his shirt to reveal the the scores of large red lesions that were a result of his decades of drug use and being on the streets. And Robert asked Jason to include these scars in his portrait, and Jason told Robert that he was going to poke holes in the paper to depict his scars. Once it was finished, Robert took a long look at his portrait And he looked at Jason and he made sure to reiterate how he wanted this portrait to warn others about the dangers of crack cocaine. A week later, Robert called Jason excitedly to tell him that because of the portrait that he checked himself into a rehab center, that for the first time in decades, he has been clean. Robert was discovering a God who delighted in him, a God who searched for him, a God who stretched him to become healthy and whole. See Psalm 139 verse 17 says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they would be more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. See, Robert was finally seeing himself as the beautiful creation that God had always intended and God has always seen. Not the broken and scarred person that Robert saw in the mirror. See, Robert was starting to see himself the way that God saw him. And that gave him hope. I don't know if you're perhaps like Robert today, and you have some scars. See, David in this psalm was talking about a God who would one day come in Jesus Christ to redeem our scars. You see, God is not repelled by your scars. He came for them. He came to heal. Christ took a cross to prove to each one of us that he loves us with an everlasting love. See, you're his very own handiwork, and he wants you to see your beauty. He wants you to know your scars are redeemable. See, when you pray, search me and stretch me, God reminds you that you have the Holy Spirit in you to get you out of the ruts that are holding you back holding you back from seeing yourself as God sees you, holding you back from a ministry that God wants you to engage in, holding you back from getting out of these ways of pain, these ruts that you are stuck in. Or maybe you're like Jason the artist, and you have these passions and these resources, and you just need an opportunity to share them. Pray that daring prayer, search me, God, stretch me, Show me a way that I can use these gifts from you to bless someone else. Pray that prayer and see how God might take a passion of yours, maybe an interest of yours, and connect it with a great need to bless someone. Would you join me in memorizing another scripture? Psalm 139 verses 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That is what God wants to put in our hearts and in our minds. Search me, God. Stretch me, God. Let's pray. God, as we are here hearing your word, we pray your Holy Spirit would sear upon our minds the very thoughts of you, God. Lord, help us to see ourselves with your eyes. Lord, help our hearts to have the same brokenness for the things that break your heart, God. Lord, give us the courage to pray that daring prayer. Search me, God. Stretch me, God. Use me, God. Get me out of these ruts, oh God. Help me to see the different ways you have prepared me to bless others. Oh, Lord, you are a good God and a great God. Help me to see how closely your gaze is upon me. Not so that I'm stuck gazing upon myself, but no, as I realize I'm secure in you, Lord. Oh, I realize I'm free to serve others with courage and abandon and with your power in the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, on this Pentecost Sunday, we pray for renewal Of your Holy Spirit power. Lead us. Fill us anew. Send us out, Lord, to show the world a glimpse of your goodness, God. Lord, thank you for the hope that we know is in you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.